Welcome to Tiki Central, Canada. Ever wonder what is in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, yeah. Me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. Wow, he has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and oh, God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views and drinks, life, and maybe information? folks hey how we doing and guess what surprise surprise cam is back hey everybody it's uh, it's great to be back uh had to take a couple of weeks off there uh hit a bit of a wow. speed bump but uh <laughs> this is life and uh it's it's really nice to be getting back to normalcy well we missed you and just to let you know by the way while you're gone that norma my girlfriend actually took your place for a while and she did a pretty good job from what i hear oh that's wonderful yes, good yes. good for her yeah. Yes, I had to basically paint her into a corner and tell her she had to do it, so there uh, was no option on that one. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's just lucky that she's got a voice as smooth as silk, then. Oh, oh. Ah. Try to brown nose, it doesn't work for you. Yeah, okay? no, hey, I'm doing my best okay. here, right? <laughs> okay, so I guess we should tell everyone who we are. Um, this is not the comedy hour on HBO. No, that's uh, very true. No, no, no. That's very true. My name is Craig Stevens. Uh, this is Tiki Central Canada. And uh, so I've been in the bar industry or restaurant hospitality industry for over 25 years. I've been in mostly management, but uh, of course, the last few years I've gone behind the bar and got back to having fun and being creative and being passionate, doing cocktail programs for a couple of places that I'm working at. And also, too, hey, uh, I think I just passed on the word to you, Cam. I am now on the advisory board for the bartending program at Algonquin College. Well, congratulations, wow. and, and God help us all. <laughs> uh, it's not a paying job, but, you know, hey, oh, okay. It's, it, okay. it's a good title that looks good on paper. Oh, yeah? And also, too, but, you know, when you're at a bar and you say, hey, I'm on the advisory board of bartending program at the Algonquin College, also you sound very smart, hmm. right? Yeah. So I'm hoping that goes, helps me out in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you must be really intelligent, geez. Mm-hmm. You're on the advisory board. College boy, eh? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so also, too, um, just recently went to the Made with Love competition in Ottawa. Hmm. Amazing time. So so what is that exactly? So for people who don't know what Made with Love is, it's a mixology competition here held in Ottawa and actually across the you know, whole Canada and United States. In big country, in big cities like Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto, and what they do is they try to get the top mixologist out of each region. Mm-hmm. Now, what they do is they give you a spirit and an ingredient to mix and make your top drink. Now, you also have to pair it with some food. So, what this was is us going around and trying out these different drinks and different mm-hmm. food that these people mm-hmm. have created, and there were some pretty amazing things there for sure. I had a great time and got to talk to a lot of these mixologists and how they do their things. Because like I've said before, I'm pretty sure I'm not amazing mixologist. I'm just starting to get into it. Yeah. So, but well, it's... I don't know. I mean, I've had I've had numerous of your mixed drinks, and they've been pretty pretty respectable. I mean, granted, <laughs> I'm not exactly uh, well. They're more tiki know. drinks than sure. actual mixology drinks, right? Okay. Because okay. mixologist, remember, I said is like the mad scientist, right? Right. So I'm just starting to get into that process. I understand. Yeah, so yeah. that's about me. Now, Cam, you can talk about you and what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, my name's Cam. Uh, I've been living in Ottawa for 13-odd years, known Craig for a couple of years. 
I yeah. uh, work in telecommunications. Uh, it's a it's it's a fun job actually. I enjoy it, but uh, you know, after work, it's <laughs> it's time to it's time for a beer. Uh, indeed, indeed. In other words, you're locked in a cubicle, going, "Oh my God, what is four o'clock coming around?" Well, not locked. <laughs> Yeah, no, you don't have a door. That's right. I yeah, forgot. Okay, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. that's right. So, exactly. So, beer is the, the alternative after work. Then, then. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know, beer is, beer is delicious. No, well, I'm not going to argue that point. I mean, hello, it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I do. This is true. If I don't like beer, then I'm in the wrong business. I don't yeah. have to tell you. <laughs> no, I agree with that. But, but you know, uh, you have started, anyways, to open my eyes to some of the uh, the, the wider world of, of uh, drinks and flavors and that type of thing. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I continue to look forward to learn more about that. Right. And also, too, we can't to look forward more. to opening up the tiki bar and then really experimenting. Well, there's, there's also that. I'm basically trying to butter you up for the summertime. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so you're going to be like living here in the summer or something? Is that it? No comment. Should I get a cot? Going in the backyard somewhere. So you I've got just... my own, actually. So, oh, okay. Uh... So you bring that along with you. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. Doing? No, and, and that's <laughs> fine. I mean, I hear you guys have got a little rabbit uh, friend who's Yeah, we're feeding a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very cool. So, you know, so... I'll just shack up with it. <laughs> so I'm going to hear one day from Norma going, oh, my God, so who's the drunken bum in the backyard? I'm going to be like, that's Cam. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. All of that to ask, uh, quite sorry, frankly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, a little tangent here. We're way off track but but what what are we doing here today? What's uh, what's, so what's the, haps? the drink of the day? Yeah. So today's drink is going to be the pina colada. Mmm, hmm, summer drink. Yes, yeah. that's right. Nice that's and creamy, a delicious. And we're also going to talk beverage. a little bit about Saint Martin and Martin. Yeah. So like, are, is uh, are they related to Saint Patrick at all? Or no, no. And we actually did. If you listen to the podcast, we just passed Saint Patrick's Day, and I work in a pub, so it was it was okay. It wasn't super busy, but it was okay. Um, no, St. Martin is an island actually down in the Caribbean. That, oh, okay, uh, yeah. okay, St. Martin. Okay, yeah. I understand what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, if you looked at the Caribbean map behind us, you'd see it there. Okay. <laughs> Look, my, my eyes are focused on the task at hand here, Oh, right, this, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, pina colada. Yes. How did it start? Where did it come from? What's okay. this all about? What's this drink all about? Mm, huh? A? A? Oh, so Canadian-like. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> a pirate actually named... And what uh, was his name? Robert Cavessi. Yes, that's right. So uh, back in the 1800s, uh, it was said to actually serve this to his crew to get them to boost their, their morale. Cavessi? Is that even? Cavessi. Cavessi. Yeah. Perhaps. I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, folks, you know me, my pronunciation, anything that's not in my vocabulary, it sucks. Uh, Cavessi. <laughs> mm. So well, he's, he's, he's a captain of a ship and he had a pirate crew. And what it is, he served them this drink so that kind of boost the morale. Now, it's just funny because it says boost the morale uh, in all my research that I've done. But I'm thinking, okay, when I'm having a pina colada and I'm on a beach, the last thing it's doing is motivating me to do anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure you're going to agree with me on this one. No, right? no I, I have to agree with that. So I, I, I don't drink a ton of pina coladas. I've always enjoyed them when I've had them. But they tend to occur when I'm on a beach Right, and you want to uh, relax. Hanging out the bar, and I'm recovering from yeah. from s- some, <laughs> you know, debauchery from, from, you know, events from the previous week. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if I had a crew of pirates, and I'm trying to motivate them to like, do stuff around the boat, I think this is probably the last drink I would, I would serve them. I, I would concur, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be like, okay, guys, why are you lying down? No, we have things to do. Yeah, well, we've got <laughs> things to drink, so shut up, you. <laughs> 
Anyway, so that is the one that's not on the books, but is part of my research that I did. And several sources, that's sort of that's the story they went with. Mm-hmm. But the one that is on the books is uh, August of 1954. That Ramon 54. Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's his nickname? You could pronounce it probably better than I can. Monchito, Monchito? I think. Right? Monchito? I, I, I think that's the correct okay. pronunciation. So Ramon yeah. Monchito Perez mm-hmm. okay, introduced the pina colada at a, uh, to some customers in the Porter. So the Beachcombers Bar mm-hmm. um, at the Caribe Hilton mm-hmm. in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I see. Yes. Yeah, so basically, this drink came uh, was introduced in Puerto Rico. Hmm. Yes, yes. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's very cool. So, so what is involved in the making of a pina colada? Um, you know, I I know from from my own experiences. I mean, it tends to be sort of a whitish drink. Yes, creamy. Uh, it's yep. kind of like like it's an ice slurry, a slushy, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and there, there's a fairly strong coconut flavor, but there's also some other zing and in ingredients there. in there. Yeah. yeah. So we have the white rum. You can use any white rum you want for this. And you know, if you want to get a little more fancier, you can go fancier. I make. So, sorry, so, sorry. Um, yeah, go ahead. Would there be any distinction if you used a dark rum other than the change in color? Probably, well, the dark rum obviously has more of an oak mm-hmm. uh, taste to it, right? Right, so it might more smoky. not jive with... So, no, you can make a pina colada if that's the way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, example, like when we have gone down in some of these Caribbean islands and order drinks, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. example, pina coladas, mm-hmm. they do ask, do you want to like, say a dark rum or an amber rum, a spirit rum, a spice sure. rum? Sure. So you can do anything you, can kind you want. Of it's, just, it's all up to you what you want to do. I gotcha. Now, the main, the original recipe, like I'm saying, is always white rum. Okay. All right. But you can do whatever rum you want. Okay. For sure. Yes, of course. Yeah. So it's all preference. So, okay. So, again, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so you got your white rum. Yep. You got pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. You're going to have cream. So, that means like... Like from I a use, cow. Yeah. I use half okay. and half cream. Uh, like, you know, you use for your coffees and stuff. Sure. Yeah. So, you can use that. And then, uh, sorry, cream the coconut. I see. That's okay. uh, basically the, the coconut. It's not coconut juice. So, you have to be careful about this because I've learned through time of shopping. There's coconut water. There's coconut milk, mm-hmm. there's coconut juice, and then there's cream of coconut. I see. They're all different. Oh. Okay, so if you're looking for ingredients for your pina colada and you're following the recipe I'm telling you, mm-hmm. get the cream of coconut. Now, where are you going to find that? I'll tell you right now. Where I found mine, eventually, was actually in a coffee shop. So if you go to a coffee shop or a specialty coffee shop. Oh, yeah, they got all those squirty things. Right, like the different the, syrups, yeah. right? And that's where, example, like we get the orger. This is the almond syrup, mm-hmm. and also too this cream of coconut. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, so coffee and and mixed drinks are slowly converging. I guess so. Yeah, I like yeah. the sound of that. So, uh, so a uh, question though: yes. how, how about uh, couldn't you kind of cut out the middleman and just use something like Malibu rum, where it's got like all that the coconut, coconut flavor? In it. Yeah, you could add it in there, but because of the cream of coconut, because of the texture of it, sure. You're going to get a different flavor of the whole thing and okay. also, too, the, the texture. texture of it as well. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's better to use the original recipe. Go with that. Uh, if you want to use coconut rum and mm-hmm. cream of coconut, mm-hmm. make it sort of like super It's coconut. like a coconut explosion. Explosion in yeah. your mouth, then you can do that for sure. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what about those, uh, you know, when I go to Costco or I'm at, at you know, Loblaws or a grocery store and that type right. of thing, uh, and I'm wandering the aisles looking for something uh, inappropriate to drink. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen these these uh, pina colada mixes. Right. Is that the same thing? Is it essentially all those ingredients you were just talking about, but but in a bottle? No. Pre, so, pre-mixed bottle? No. So remember we talked about before about real ingredients. Yeah. So the pina colada yeah, mix you see I was at the wondering. bar or even see um, at the grocery store or whatever, mm-hmm. what that is is a slushy, sugary mix 
kind of thing, like a slushy mix. Right. So you're like, well, what's the difference? I mean, the big difference, and that is, is that the pina colada mix you get at the bar or the grocery store, it's mostly sugar based. So it's right. going to have a lot of sugar. Now we've all had that where you've had too many sugar drinks. And you almost get like that sugar hangover, right? A headache, right? I um, feel another cautionary and... tale coming up. Oh, on. no. Yeah, but we'll save that for a later date, perhaps. <laughs> all right. But if you use the real uh, greens that we talked about, the pineapple juice, the cream, and the cream of coconut, you're not going to get that sugar push. You're not going to get that sugar hangover, okay. so to speak. Okay. So yeah. you can drink more of them and not feel the same effect. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of the things with the pina coladas I've had is that, just like you mentioned, they, yes. they tend to be kind of a slushy. Correct. Is that the standard? Because, I mean, like, how did they... Well, I mean, 1954, so I guess it's not that old. But, I mean, in the 1800s, how... They didn't like, have blenders, right? Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> it's not invented. How do we make the drink now? I yeah, don't know. What, like, I don't know what to do. So is that a necessary <laughs> condition of the drink, or is it kind of optional? Or No, so most of the time you see a pina colada, it will be blended. Okay. Uh, but you can also make it on the rocks. Hmm. Yes. So it is an option. I have made actually a pina colada on the rocks and mm-hmm. some bars that I've been that I've worked that don't mm-hmm. have blenders. Oh. A lot of bars, sorry, excuse me, a lot of pubs, sure. we don't have blenders. Like when people come in and go, hey, I want a, a yeah, frozen yeah. daiquiri. Like, well, like, well, smash um, the ice around the glass. Yeah, there's yeah. no blenders here. Mm-hmm. So I have pulled off a pina colada in a non-blender process. Mm-hmm. It tastes pretty good. Yeah. It's just it's on ice instead of being slushy. That's all. Bit bit more of a White Russian, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Sort of a spin off of a White Russian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A little more pineapple and coconut in there for sure. So yeah. so you 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 mentioned blenders. Yes. What is the importance of the blender to the creation of an uh, of a, I guess proper peanut? So in other words, do you, do you need some sort of special blender for this? Well, yeah, because because like I've heard, uh, you know of particular blenders you can get specifically you know p- people will have a specific blender for right. their for, right. for their pina colada typically with mix unfortunately right. yeah but, exactly yeah yeah so you don't need a special blender um when i actually first built the tiki bar in the backyard mm. i actually used way way back i mean we've all seen these the bullets right those ones you it's like you see it's the cup and it goes on top. The, oh, the blender. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's a single one, serving. Single serving. And usually you put like fruit in there. You see it on the TV commercial. I was like, hey, yeah. put Lose some fruit weight. in there. Blah, blah, blah. Lose weight with a bullet. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. No, no, no. Whoops. I've got three bullets and I still haven't lost any weight on the process. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a rip off. No, don't yeah. do it. So, 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 so what are the characteristics so, of a, of a pina colada? Blender. Blender. You, you so yeah. now when you see go to a bar, you're going to see a blender called an Island Oasis bar, a blender. And what that is, is an industrial blender actually specifically made for bars. Mm. So it's not residential. Like you can't go out and buy a, yeah. an Island Oasis machine. Yeah. But actually uh, through the years, I've moved up in blenders and now I actually have one called the Margaritaville. And if you actually go to Costco, they actually carry them. Mm. And what the Margaritaville is, is a blender just like the Island Oasis one that they have at bars. Mm. But as a residential, like it's a smaller version of okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So does the exact not... same thing, yeah. but it's different. So it's, it's just not as big. Right. Now, what these blenders do, if you notice, is that there's ice on top of these blenders, right? Like you see a little ice carriage of ice cubes sure. on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what it is is that... I actually... think it was sort of an ice dispenser of yeah. some sort. So but... what it is is actually there's two blenders in one. So what it is is that when you push the button... Two blenders in one. That's right. If you act now, we'll throw in the extra blender. So what the first blender does is when the ice drops, ice cubes drop into the blender, it shaves the ice cubes 
and actually drops that into your 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 blender, your container. Sure. So it's shaved ice. So you don't have ice cubes anymore now. You just have shaved ice. Okay. And then what it does, it blends all that with the like whatever you put in the blender. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then what's really cool about it is that the mechanism on the blender has a tension span. Oh, sorry, not tension span like me. Um, it has a tension squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> uh, a tension resistor. So what it is is that it knows that it's too thick, so it'll keep blending it, or it's it's not thick enough, and it'll blend oh, it even really? more. Okay, so so you end up with kind of the perfect level of slush. Exactly. So it's cool. My friends come over and I use it because they're like, Craig, you didn't turn off your blender. You don't have to look at. I'm like, no, it turns itself off. It's it figures out the right tension. It figures out the right kind of con. Uh, the texture of the drink yeah the consistency and stops yeah. oh that's great yeah so what's what's your spin on it i mean you always have your own uh you know take on these on these drinks i always do my own little throw in yeah. there yeah well i mean as <laughs> as one should i would imagine yeah so yeah. one of the things i throw in there uh you could throw in there is a banana mm. uh-huh. that would be nice yeah into your blender um some berries i've done that before raspberry and strawberries get your potassium yeah mm. now one actually cool and green i've actually thrown in there and you know me about like Having ingredients that people can't really figure out, but they're in there, yeah. is vanilla bean syrup. You see, that's a now, lot better than asparagus, which is what I was thinking. But. Oh, sure. Let's go. That sounds like a healthy drink there, Cam. <laughs> yeah, um, but it stinks when it comes um, out. Sure it does on both ends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the vanilla bean syrup we talked about before is simple syrup with vanilla bean infused into it. Right. And I remember you, yes. you, you talking about that in a previous episode. Right. So, so it's... Think about that. You're making a drink, and it's got this hint of vanilla bean in there, so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like it that. sounds it sounds yeah. pretty pretty damn tasty, quite no, frankly. Exactly. Now, mm-hmm. another um, colada you can actually make, and I've actually found this out in St. Martin, and this mm-hmm. is one of the things we're going to talk about today, St. Martin, mm-hmm. is actually have a called guava berry colada. Guava So berry. it's guava berries. Guava is a berry. I didn't it even realize that. I thought it was sort of like more like a mango. No, no, it's a berry. Interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah. so a guava berry colada. So yeah, what's from uh, Saint Martin? Okay, so so is this is this a drink that's specific to Saint Martin or? Yeah, so the guava berry is a Saint Martin legendary liqueur. It's actually the national drink of Saint Martin. I see. Yeah, and it's uh, not only is it made in the bars and restaurants, but actually it's known to be made in the houses. Like in their own oh, homes. Okay. So all okay. the people that are residents or locals of that area mm-hmm. will grab the guava berries, bring them home, and they make their own coladas at home. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, very cool. Okay. Especially oh, around Christmas time, they, they make their own pinic, sort of guava coladas. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, so uh, I lived in Japan for a little while. I think I, yes. I mentioned that. And w- one of the things I found really interesting was that folks would have these uh, these growlers, you know, like the big bottles with the kind of like hooch finger att- right. like hookup on them. I remember those, yeah. Yeah, with, with like fully formed peaches or pears or apples in them. Wow. So so which, which would mean that, you know, people had actually taken these and stuck them on the branch of the tree and let the fruit grow within them. Wow. Um, and That's interesting. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really cool. And when I asked about it, it turned out that they were essentially making, you know, uh, I don't know if it was like brandy, I guess, would yeah. be the right. Nope, that's right. Brandy. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, they would have this big jug of, of alcoholic fruit liqueur wow. just sitting on their uh, sitting on their kitchen counter. It was it was very neat. Oh, cool! And you obviously got to try some of these out. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I mean, like they weren't, they hadn't been distilled or anything, so it wasn't right. kind of you know punchy in the face, super alcoholic, but right. uh, uh, very very delicious, like or very tasty, I should say. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, I think we talked about before, and, I, and people, if you're listening, and uh, we've, you know, there is some such thing as the, the bathtub spirits. Mm. So, uh, in that situation, you just want to make sure you're being careful because, yeah, you're, if you're like me, you travel in these uh, other countries, and you're like, oh, cool, they've got this local kind of spirit or something, whatever. You don't know what's in that spirit. So, do be cautious and do yeah. be, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah you want to make you sure, try something new, you know, but you're at your own from, risk, right? Yeah, you want to make sure you're not taking it from, you know, Shifty Larry or whatever the local equivalent <laughs> Some is. guy on the corner or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> hey, I got some brew here for you. Uh, so, so you know, folks make this guava berry colada in their, in their kitchens. It's, you yeah. know, around the island and stuff. Um, where did this come from? Like, how did it, uh, how so, did it originate? Well, uh, gravel bar actually is a wild berry that's grown in St. Martin and actually a lot of the Caribbean islands. Hmm. But St. Martin has the bulk of the guava berry trees that we that are actually in that area. Okay. Yeah. Now, they're also, too, um, they're the only country to make it into a spirit. Hmm. So, in other words, there's no guava berry vodka. There's no guava berry bourbon. There's no uh, even guava berry rum. It's only made in St. Martin. Hmm. And they're the only ones that have it. And also, too, they have the most guava berries in the world. Wow. For a region. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. St. Martin sounds like a fairly interesting place, actually. It was pretty cool because, I mean, there's two countries involved. Like you visited, right? Yeah. So yeah. I went okay. down for three or four days one year. Uh, mm-hmm. This is way back in 2000, I think, three or, or five. Mm-hmm. And then last year we went on a cruise and we hit three different islands. Hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about St. Martin? Yeah, so like I said, St. Martin is actually two countries. It actually is the smallest island in the world divided by two countries, okay. France and the Netherlands. And the island is only three, sorry, 34 square miles in total. So it's a very small island. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's not that big. It's tiny. That yeah. is significantly smaller than the square kilometerage of uh, the city of Ottawa. Yeah, so imagine Ottawa on an island, and it actually is two different countries. Wow. How, how cool is that? So the French and the Dutch? Yes. So another cool thing we actually went to when we went on the last year on the cruise is we went to this beach called Mayo Beach. Hmm. Now, Mayo Beach has a, has a bar attached to it called the Sunset Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, from the Hurricane Irma, mm. it pretty well destroyed the, pretty well the bar and the airport as well that's actually there. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, unfortunately. Another island that got hit by this hurricane. An entire airport. Yeah. So oh. now what's really cool is that the uh, Mayo Beach is actually attached to the airport. So what it is is that there is a 20... Maybe 30-yard beach front. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have a street. Then you have a fence. Mm-hmm. And then you actually have the airport. So oh, planes are actually flying over the beach I think, that you're on. I think I've seen really video low. of this. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the terrifying faces. Yes. Yeah. Now, it is actually kind of dangerous. So um, Really? So, yes. So I'll give you an example. So like I said, there's a beach. Then there's a road. And then there's two fences. Um, two fences. Okay. Right. And it used to actually be one fence. And the reason why it used to be only one fence, that's all they needed at the time until actually a plane came from Britain and mm. its tires hit the top of the fence and punctured the tires. And actually, it took hours and hours to actually get the plane off the runway. Well, I would imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because you got to remember, like, they need the whole runway. The right. Land, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need to runway. land very perfectly acute, right at the beginning. Perfectly, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. And there's some big planes that come from like England. You know, and all yeah. the Dutch, uh, you know, heritage yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, so seven forty seven is gonna land there. Yeah, and I bet like the Airbus A three eighties and exactly, and, you know, the real jumbo jets. Yeah. So, but you mentioned that it, it's not really safe. 
So uh, what it is is that... The beach, I mean. Yeah, no. So the beach itself is safe. Like, example, like where we were, because the beach is, a, say, 20 to 30 yards, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a decline, right? So it's like a, a oh, it's very like a slope. angle. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So where we were standing on the beach, it was pretty cool. Well, the plane went by. Now, what you would be thinking is when the plane goes by that you're going to feel this push, right? The force of the engines of the plane. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So no, what ends up happening is that the plane flies over top of you. You don't feel anything then. It's a, like a delay reaction. The plane lands and then you feel the thrust. So it actually pushes over onto the beach while we're there. The guy oh, beside really? us, actually, his hat, he had a baseball cap on, flew right. off into the ocean, like gone. Oh, jeez. So another thing that also is there is that, um, so like I said, there's a fence there. And there's actually two fences now because of the whole puncture of the tires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a warning track there at the fence saying, like, don't stand here. It's dangerous. Yeah. Now, you're you're, you're going to get hit by the, the like, the, 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 the jet blast. Yeah. Or the jet blast. Yeah. Now, when it happened was that a couple of years ago, a lady thought it would be fun just to hold onto the fence and see who we can over, actually push her to the point where maybe she'd be like vertical. Right. Uh, Sounds like horizontal. a really, really smart lady. Yeah, yeah. I think I think horizontal is the Horizontal term. to the road, right? Like the horizon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she thought, oh, well, this is cool. I'll just hang on to the fence and they'll push me back, right? Mm. And I'll be floating, right? Well, the problem mm. was that it pushed so hard, she let go of the fence and actually hit her head on the shoulder of the oh, road. No. Yeah, died. Instantly, so if you go there, so Darwin to, claimed another. Yeah, yeah, gravity works. Yeah. So if you go to Saint Martin and you do go to Mayo Beach, please do be careful and stay within the boundaries that they actually do have there. Mm. Uh, there's a reason why they're there. Yeah, signs are there for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Now the the Sunset Bar, which is really cool about this actually, is you go there. Okay. Now we all have gone to airports, right? And you see the screens arriving planes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like like, like the monitors or whatever, and the they monitors, list right? all the different... So, yeah. at the beach, this bar, which is attached to the beach, it's really cool. You go in there, and they actually have the same monitors. So, when you're sitting there having a drink and eating some food and whatever and checking it out, you go like, oh, well, there's a plane coming in three minutes. Okay, oh, cool. Fantastic. It's coming from, uh, from Japan. Hey, wow, oh, that's boy. cool. So, you, you have the same monitors that they have at the airport. I'm going to have to tell my dad bar. about that. My dad is a real uh, plane watcher, and he's got a great view of the Vancouver airport now. Oh, and nice. uh, and he's he's always on his his iPhone or his iPad, uh, you know, saying, "Oh, yep, that's uh, coming you know, in soon, right? That's a such and such heading off to China, or this and that, wow. and the other thing." Nice. So, oh, very cool. Oh, um, and, and, and like like you're saying, it is a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even explain to somebody, but it is pretty amazing to see it's such a big, massive plane mm-hmm. flying over you, literally yeah. maybe within a hundred feet of your head. Yeah. It's 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 pretty well pretty well amazing and terrifying all at the same time, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> now here's some other cool facts about Saint Martin hmm. from October to April they're one hour ahead of us okay so Eastern Standard Time they're one hour ahead of us on October to April okay now as soon as we change well, our on clocks island time yeah right? <laughs> they're always on island time folks oh, yeah so after April like when we change our clocks. They don't change their clocks. Oh, okay, for daylight savings. I mean. Right, yeah. right, yeah. They're always yeah. saving the day. I know. Like, well, I guess so if you're on the beach. <laughs> yeah, hey. I want more beach time, don't uh, you? I'll yeah, turn exactly. my nose up at that. <laughs> so it's almost like we're like, well, why are we doing daylight savings time? It really is not a necessity Force anymore. Force of habit. And actually, there are some provinces I've actually heard. I think Alberta is one of them that mm-hmm. doesn't do it. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, somebody told me about that. They actually they don't do it. Interesting. Another interesting one that's weird, being an East, Co- East Coaster, mm-hmm. Newfoundland is half a time zone. Yes. Now, I, I was aware so of that. if you watch um, CBC in Nova Scotia, example, it'll say, oh, this show's on at 9 o'clock at night or mm-hmm. 9.30. 9.30 in Newfoundland, Newfoundland Labrador. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. 
What? <laughs> uh, just, just, just one more of the eccentricities. Oh, it makes uh, Newfoundland that much more strange. Yeah. Right? It's like, those people over there are really strange. You only have yeah. a half time zone. Yeah. Okay, let's just go back to St. Martin. I know we went off track there, folks, and we're sorry about that. But you do it on an occasional basis, I know. No, I'm not. Uh, it's me. Yeah, I know. It's me. Okay, got it. Wow. You know, he's gone for two weeks, and this is what I get. I'm full of beans. Okay, I'm full of beans. It. So apparently on the Dutch side, okay, so electricity is a 110 volt. It is in USA. Yeah, and well, yeah, in Canada as well. Right. Yeah. Now, however, on the French side, though, it's a 220 volt. Sacre bleu. So it's just like Europe. So yeah. if you were traveling between, like, say, St. Martin and St. Martin, you better you make sure. have to pack some adapters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> now, here's another thing, too, the currency. So on the French side, you've got the European currency, the euro. Okay, yeah, and then the on, the, yeah. on the Netherlands side, you have what's called the Gilder. Right. Okay. okay. And also, too, they do American dollars. So, on one side, you can do American dollars on the Netherlands side, hmm. the Dutch side. Mm-hmm. On the French side, you can't use American dollars. You have to use the euro. So, if you go to an ATM, let's say, example, on the French side, mm-hmm. the ATM will spit out euro. Right. If you go on the Netherlands side, either spit out either Gilder or U.S. dollars. That seems extremely inconvenient for tourists. Uh, yeah, you have to kind of keep track of where you are because there's no borders. Right? There's no physical fences or crossings or anything like that. These countries literally are beside each other and you kind of just can walk around. Oh, I'm on a different country now. And there's no, like, there's no signs or anything? No signs, nothing. No. Well, that's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably as welcome to Martin and then it's welcome to Martine. Okay, yeah. But I mean, there's no fences, there's no gates, there's no, uh, you know, well, significant it, border of any kind. Quite honestly, it kind of remember, or remembers, reminds me of the uh, of the situation when I was a teenager before, uh, you know, before 9-11. Before 9-11, where it wasn't really a border there, no, right? No, I mean, you can just sort of wander across and get all the great American candy, quite frankly. Exactly. But, or uh, you went shopping with your mom. Remember you would go... Hey, we're going, it's uh, Black Friday. Let's go shopping. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, we're Let's go. We're going to America. And t-shirts. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll get some gas while we're down there. Yeah, because it's, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, I know. Now changed. it's like, yeah. what the heck? Dude? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, back then, you didn't need a passport either. You just had your driver's license. Or if you're a kid like us, you just had your birth, your birth certificate. That was it. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. Now you have to have a passport. Yep. So that's things have changed, my yep, friend. Things and have things definitely have changed, changed, and not for the better, in my no, humble opinion. No, unfortunately, but, yes. You know, this is the way the world turns, my friend. It's the way the world is. Yep. All right. Did you know? I did not. Okay, cool. So the pina colada actually is a national drink of Puerto Rico since 1978. So if you go to Puerto Rico. The pina colada is the drink that they call theirs, the national drink. Well, and i just like to point out that Puerto Rico uh, continues to rebuild after uh, yes, the hurricane season. Yes. and another hurricane wanna... fa- uh, factor, yes. Yeah, and just yeah. want to wish them yeah. all the best in their uh, in their recovery. I haven't done any updates on that, but I'm hoping they're doing better than they were before, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Also, too, um, National Pina Colada Day is on July 10th of every year. What better way to celebrate the summer... And mm. uh, have a pina colada day. Well, and I'd just like to note that that's a handy 10 days after Canada Day. So we're so just you recovered. Got plenty of time to recover, <laughs> even if you decided to go down south and celebrate their little holiday on July uh, 4th as their well. little holiday. Yeah, it's Actually, cute. Actually, see, know? I'm still cleaning up from my party, from Canada Day party that I have in my backyard. So From last year. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly, yeah. Dear takes God. that long. <laughs> it was that good. Well, you better hurry up because there's another one coming along any no. day now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Also, too, what's really cool is that pina colada actually translate from the Spanish word strained pineapple. So pina means pineapple. Sorry, strange pineapple? No, strained. 
strange. Like, oh, know, okay, yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. I just, I, I colander, you put something in oh. there, the juice comes out, and you're good to go. So it's an alcoholic beverage called strained pineapple. Strained pineapple. Part of me has to think that, you know, a bunch of dudes got together and uh, <laughs> they made this delicious beverage, yes. and then they they had to figure out a way to explain to their wives what they were doing. Like, oh, I'm going out for some strained pineapple. Yeah. I'm going over to Bob's house. We're going to yeah, some strained pineapple. We're going to strain some pineapple and uh, watch the game. Yeah, okay, wait, 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 wait. Back then, what was the game? It couldn't be High hockey life? or football or anything like that because it didn't exist. That's true. <laughs> going to watch the grass some grow. Some strange you know? uh, yeah. lacrosse thing or something. Watch the pineapples sure. grow. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an excuse to get out of the house. Yeah, no, That's exactly. So, so, wait a minute. You tell me every drink that I've basically been studying and trying to master is probably some way of getting out of house back then. It's like. <laughs> I mean, that's that. That's the assumption I'm operating under. It's a way to get along with the guys. You go. got it, boss. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay. So hold on. But yes. in, in all seriousness, yes. You got the French and the Dutch yes. on an island, yes. and it's a small island. Uh, well, we said yes. And uh, how did that happen? So, in other words, how did they divide the island up? Yes, exactly. Okay. So it was pretty cool. So when we visit the island, this is actually a story that was told to us by several people that are locals there. Hmm. Also, my research also says that this is also a story that's basically gone through time has become the fact. It's apocryphal. Yeah, it's like a folk yeah. um, story. Folk apocryphal. Or, or what do you want to call it? Apocryphal. Okay. <laughs> yes. So um, Netherlands and France, back in March of 1648 made up a treaty and so they decide okay well we're going to decide on how we divide the country up in other words one didn't want to leave the other one didn't leave and they're like okay let's just stop fighting let's just you know let's just share the island okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what ended up happening was that now the rumor goes is that a frenchman and a dutchman went back to back in the middle of the island okay and they said okay walk like they and, like like stood back to back stood back to back like they were going to duel yeah like the old yeah, duel yeah, days, yeah, like remember? pistols at dawn pistols yeah. at dawn okay yeah. <laughs> was it dawn i'm not quite sure Anyway, so what they would do is they were back-to-back, and they had to walk in opposite directions. Now, hmm. here's a little trick to the trade of this one, though, is that they were actually served a drink before you know walking because it's, it's hot, and you want to make sure you're hydrated, right? Oh, of course. So the Frenchman had wine. What better way to get oh, hydrated? What better way to get hydrated yeah. than that? The, the Dutchman actually had gin because that's what Dutch Well, had. that's an even worse way to get I hydrated. Know. So imagine a bottle of wine for the Frenchman and a bottle of bottle gin, of for, gin the Dutch. for the other. I'm, can, I'm, I'm feeling like the Dutchman is at a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah, here. I can imagine that. So the ratio actually of the island is 60-40. So 60% of it's French, hmm. 40% of it's Dutch. Okay. Okay. And so it's funny because when they so they did just walk, of course, and then they got to figure out okay the island. Yeah. The the Dutch is still to this day have actually argued that the French cheated <laughs> this contest. Well, you know, like wait I a mean, minute, um, reverse did put, doping. Did, did you put something in this drink? You know, you didn't dope yourself enough. Yeah, so it was like what, like Lance Armstrong, the, the Frenchman, he put some yeah. sort of drug in his his, his wine. No, that's it. They pulled and a reverse. Took off like a rock. They pulled a reverse Lance Armstrong. There you go. Yeah. Slowed him down to a screeching halt. Clever buggers. Apparently, yeah. if I remember reading correctly, story of the story actually he just pass out. Oh my it's goodness! Like, he didn't even finish the walk. Yeah, and Frenchman He's like, oh, just. Oh well, I'm done right here. I'm just gonna lie right here now. This looks good. Took pity on him. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, well, so that's good. that's that's how that happened. <laughs> that's I hilarious. know. Isn't it the strangest thing of how to divide a country up? It it, it it's could really you imagine kind of if we did that yeah. in Canada? 
<laughs> all I can see is An doing Englishman it. Englishman and a Frenchman. Okay, now you I guys just, walk in opposite directions. <laughs> I just feel, though, that it would come down to whether or not this entire mapping exercise was a federal or provincial responsibility. But that's see, neither here nor that's there. That's how Canada works, right? Yeah. But, Craig, I got to interrupt okay. because uh, uh, I've actually I've got an email from from uh, one oh, of our listeners. Oh, mailbag. Yes, yeah, right. it's a mailbag. And, uh, and I thought I'd uh, chuck it at you. Gotcha. So uh, I've got an email from Thomas, and yes. Thomas is asking... When you travel, yes. Craig, what is the amount you can bring back from another country, Jeez, Craig, uh, wow. in terms of alcohol? Wait, wait. Did he actually put Craig, Craig. at the end? No, okay. no. I just wanted to make you sure you were that clear that. Uh, you saying he was just paying attention? Okay. I got nothing. Is what uh, I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, yes, I actually, I've traveled quite a few years in the past, and I've gone to quite a few places. And so the general rule of thumb is when you're traveling from other countries coming back to Canada is that you're allowed two bottles of either 750 milliliters or one bottle of 1.5 liter of a bottle of a spirit. Oh, okay. So, so you, you can, can win a little bit if you just get the single. Yeah. Or you can do one 1.5 liter. Mm-hmm. Now, here's some couple things that you need to know because that's just how it's written down, but there's some sort of lean leniency towards that. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is that I've done in a couple of years in the past – Traveled to uh, quite a few places where I'm like, okay, well, I want to bring back more than two bottles. Because first of all, the liquor down is super cheap, okay? Okay. So a bottle, which was 750 milliliters, a lot of places like $8, $10 for a bottle. Holy smoke. So yeah. uh, super uh, cheap. Is that, uh, and, and maybe you're not entirely clear on this, but yeah. is that just because they charge really low or is it because there aren't a lot of taxes on it? I'm thinking because there's not a lot of taxes on it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know me. what I mean? Yeah. That what we pay up here has obviously been taxed to death. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, $8, $10 a bottle. Mm-hmm. So I've done in the past a few times, I've actually brought back more than what actually my quota is. Just a rule of thumb is, is that if you do bring back liquor, mm-hmm. and especially if you bring back more than the two bottle 750s or the more than the 1.5 liter bottle. Sure. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're over the quota. Over the quota. So the best thing to do is when you get to customs, and I've done this several times, and trust me, it does work for the 90% of the time, is if you're completely honest with the guy at the customs to say, look, I just came back from a seven week, uh, sorry, seven day journey, mm. and I brought back some bottles of rum or whatever spirit it is. And let's say example, you say, oh, I've got three bottles of rum. Sure. That nine times out of 10 or 99% of the time, he'll just say, you know what? Be done with it. It's good. Right. It's not worth their trouble. So, yeah, because what it is is that if you do have to charge you duty, that it's a calculation on what the bottle cost you down there, not what the bottle would cost you up here. Oh, so, you know, so even if you have to pay $8, tax, it's going to be significantly it's less than be what like you pay up 50 here. cents, maybe a couple bucks. Right. So nine times in, they don't want to fill out the paperwork. They don't want to sit there and spend extra time with you. Right. So they're just Nickel like, you know what? Yeah. You're done. Now, in terms of that, what you need to do is not do what some people do. Like, hey, I spent a week in Jamaica. I've got nothing to claim. Guess what? They're yeah. checking your bag. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, one other issue I'm curious about, quite frankly, is, I mean, what if you decide to ship your your right. your, your liquor booze. from another your, country. Your, your liquor, yeah. Now I actually have done this once from the mm-hmm. states. Shipped mm-hmm. a bottle of spirits up to Canada. Mm. I highly recommend not to do that because what ends up happening is that you're going to be paying. It's a different duty for some strange reason. It's a different duty. I think it's also by weight, and also mm. too by content. Mm. So you're doing two different things. Right. You got a couple variables there. Yeah. Ends up by so example like the one I got was a twenty dollar bottle of something. I can't remember what it was. Example spirit of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I remember paying, I think it was like $15 um, duty on it. So 
Yeah, no, I mean, like that's, go that's getting, get you know, essentially you know I mean? Canadian So prices. if you're traveling, yeah. take advantage of the situation. If you have, example, one, like, because the problem is, you know, when you go down these countries, there's some amazing spirits down there and you can't get them in LCBO. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember that. So what people do is they travel down there and they get the one bottle of rum and they're like, tickle pink. It's like, yes, but once that bottle's gone, that's it. You have no more. Mm-hmm. So if your friends come over and you're like, hey, I was in St. Martin. I had guava berry rum, but now it's all gone. I can't give you any or you can't even try any. You know what I mean? I, I'd rather get three or four bottles. If there's any duty at all, it's going to be a couple bucks yeah, you for something well that I can't get kind of here. Straight and narrow way. Yeah, that you can't get here. So yeah. you may as well just get more of it. Yeah. You know? And so that's the question. The answer to that question is that, yeah, I mean, there's a limit, but there's also some leniency on that as well. Does it also uh, make a difference how long you've been down? Yes. So you have to be at least, uh, if I remember correctly, at least three days. Three wherever days. You oh, are. wow. Okay. Like you can't just go over the border and come back. Yeah. You're not going to get anything. You yeah. have to pay duties on whatever you got. Yeah. So you're um, looking at probably 70, 72. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 24, 48, 72. 72 hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have okay. to spend at least three days there for sure. Understood. Uh, anything less than that, yeah, you're not bringing anything back without okay. paying duty. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Good to know. Yeah, so that's cool. You know, so that is our show, folks. Uh, so so far, uh, how you feel, Cam? Coming back? I'm doing great. It's Feels good. Like you didn't disappear at all. Well, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Shut up, Craig. <laughs> Am I taking away from your moment? <laughs> yeah, you're you're ruining it. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> feels uh, it feels good, you know. I mean, I had to go on a little bit of a spiritual journey, and uh, um, we, we understand. I climbed yeah. a pyramid, and hey, and just to let you know, a lot of people actually that I know personally that listen to the show, they said that they uh, they had their condolences to you, and that they you know, thanks. No one, yeah, I appreciate. They're, that. they're glad that you're back. Yeah, no, it's uh, it hasn't been a fun couple of weeks, but uh, thus is life, and you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm doing well now. That's awesome. Well, yeah. we're glad you're thanks, back, buddy. my friend. So let's just talk about a couple of things about our podcast. So one of the things is we have a web page called www.tikicentralcanada.ca. All one word. Go check it out and you'll see our smiley faces there. And so also too, you'll see a blog on there for every podcast that we do. And also there's links on there for iTunes and Google Play. Uh, please folks, subscribe to either iTunes or Google Play, whatever one you're using. And the reason why, because we get stats on that. So we know how many people are actually listening to our podcast Instead of actually, uh, we're getting stats as well on how many times a podcast gets played. Also on that page, you'll see, and I use it in the car. If you don't want to use iTunes or Google Play, you just click the link to the podcast and it actually directly plays right through whatever source you're using, be it your car or your phone. But also, too, there's a spot to put comments, and we love comments. And if you have questions, for sure, definitely don't be afraid to ask because, you know, if Cam or me can't figure it out, you know what I mean? I will research it out. Yeah, without question. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually what I do right after a close. At the bar, I come home and like, well, I can't sleep, so I'm able to do some work, right? That's the best time for me, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, good, you know. It, it helps you kind of wind down and exactly. Yeah. It's it's you know something I do. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, that's it for our show. Uh, I think we're gonna go down and uh, whip up some pina coladas uh, in Sounds the blender. Like a beautiful idea. Yeah, we can't do them outside, unfortunately, because it's still snow. Still snow, still ah. below zero, but you know. It's may- melting. It's well, melting. and I may have gotten my summer haircut a little bit too early, but you know what? I'm glad I did because it it signals uh, fine things ahead. That's right. Maybe you're forecasting like, hey, folks, snow is gone and let's move on. Summer is coming. That's it. All right, folks. So I think that's it for us today. Take and, care, folks. Uh, please stay tuned. All right. Later. Peace.
Well, I don't know about you, but I got it for Hey guys, right? Hey, where's my drink? Hey, where's my drink? 